This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's a Guy Jeans podcast. My guest today is Nestor Barajas, who is a member of the SWAT team of the Bakersfield Police Department. On this episode, we talk about how he has always wanted to be a cop since he was a kid and how it was on his first day on the job as a police officer. We talk about gangs, drugs, and crime in Bakersfield, as well as nationally. We also talk about the current catalytic converter problem across America and mine, believe it or not, being stolen at the Bakersfield Mall at 10 a.m., which is crazy. We also talk about his company, Kern River Leather, that makes beautiful leather products and the importance and therapy of the outdoors and fly fishing and what that does for him. I'm stoked to have him on the podcast as most of us, including myself, have no clue the amount of danger that members of law enforcement put themselves in every single day and the amount of crime that goes on in our cities across America. I'm super thankful to him and the people in law enforcement for what they do every single day. So here he is, folks, Nestor Barajas. Nestor, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. So I wanted to have you on my podcast. Uh, one is uh, we're friends and we, we do some business together with your Kern River, Kern River Leather, um, but you're also in the Bakersfield Police Department and there's a lot of people that are really interested in in what you do. And uh, so let's start from the beginning. Like, How did you get into uh, becoming a police officer and did you grow up in Bakersfield? Yeah, so uh, I grew up actually in the Central Coast uh, in Napomo, uh, near, oh, okay. near Pismo Beach, for those that don't know uh, the area very well, but probably about 15 minutes south of that. Uh, we moved uh, to Bakersfield, uh, I want to say roughly 2003, 2004. Um, my dad uh, worked in road construction, worked in the Bay Area, and um, ultimately uh, would travel back and forth be- between there um, and uh, Napomo. So... Yeah, um, ended up transferring over, and then that's how we ended up in Bakersfield. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. Um, but uh, I've been a police officer this year's uh, hitting 10-year mark. No way. Um, and... Uh, did you just did you know that you wanted to be a police yeah. officer since you were a little kid? Yeah. No um, way. So, ever since I was a... I mean, since I can remember, at least, uh, I wanted to be police officer always been into guns and shooting and uh-huh. um, playing cops and robber and whatnot uh-huh. and yeah um ever since i was a kid that's what i want to do i want to be on the swat team and uh chase bad guys 
and and you you've reached that goal. You're you're in SWAT, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I came by a lot sooner than I anticipated, uh, just based on research and everything else. I thought I was going to have to be a cop for uh, ten plus years before I could get on the SWAT team, and um, I I've been pretty fortunate enough to do some pretty cool stuff and be part of some pretty cool uh, units. Yeah. So how does that work? You gotta you gotta go through like the academy, and then you graduate from the academy, and then you go out and you're a rookie. And then, and then you spend a lot of time doing that in the field as well. And then does somebody ask you to become a SWAT team member or do you like apply for it or how does that work? So normally, uh, just, it varies uh, as far as like the details, uh, for the department you might be part of, uh, like for example, LAPD or LASO and stuff like that. But pretty much everybody doesn't matter, um, if you want to be a detective or if you want to be a captain or a chief of police, you're going to have to start uh, your career as a rookie, as a patrolman. So the first step is basically going into the police academy. And that's uh, roughly about six months uh, period. Um, prior to that, it's like another six set uh, to seven month uh, period that's basically background checks and everything else. Then once you clear background checking, you get... Um, your interview uh, to join the actual police academy, then that's when you join the, the police academy. And then you get out of the police academy and you get assigned a, a field training officer, which they call the FTO. You go through the uh, FTO process, and that's usually another two to four months, roughly. Uh, yeah. And then you pass that and you get released into the wild all by yourself. And really, it's like a little kid where. You, you get left alone for the first time, uh -huh. and you don't know what to do with yourself. Uh -huh. and Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. I, I had no idea what the heck I was doing, and it's like, holy, <laughs> holy crap, I'm, I'm, I'm a cop. Right. And I'm, I'm right. out in the streets, and yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, that must be a trip. Yeah, it's, it's almost surreal. And looking yeah. back, that this is uh, my 10-year mark. I was actually thinking about that. Like, holy, holy cow. Do you remember your first flown. call and stuff? Uh, yeah, so my first first call, um, it doesn't always happen like that. It just, I guess, uh, some people they call uh, just uh, crap magnets and whatnot. And my first call was actually uh, a home invasion robbery. Uh, wasn't a burglary because uh, a lot of people say, "Oh, I got robbed," and it's not uh, really the case. They got burglarized. But anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, it was something to do with uh, narcotics or some some sort of stash house that was happening. But basically, they had like this Hispanic guy taking care of this stash house. Didn't speak a, a lick of English, um, but me being Hispanic, um, fluent in uh, Spanish, uh, he's like, you know Spanish, right? My, my field training officer. Yeah. Oh, it's your lucky day. We're going to this one. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, it's a home invasion robbery that happened right now. Like, no way. Like, I've never seen this. This uh -huh. is like unreal. Yeah. To me, um, I, I was pretty sheltered, especially living in uh, the central coast, especially when I came to Bakersfield. But anyways, going back to that, mm -hmm. um, we get there. The guy's like face is full of blood. Um, they're untying him still like had just uh, got called in. Oh. So uh, they had beat this guy uh, into telling him where the drugs were stashed uh, and they robbed him. Essentially, it was for drugs. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, I would money. Uh, so he was a drug dealer that he, he was, uh, well, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> uh, taking care of uh, these drugs, these okay, said yeah. drugs, but he was honest yeah. with us uh -huh. of what happened. And so, 
Um, they took his phone. They took money from his wallet. Um, so it's still part of uh, he got robbed. Yeah, yeah. So, um, huh. yeah, I was just in disbelief with, with that. It's like, holy crap, this is yeah. actually real. This is yeah. really happening. Yeah. Um, and it's just even living in Bakersfield, you you don't see a lot of what truly happens on the streets. And sure. um, you get basically what a lot of people say with police uh, and fire and stuff like that. You, you got to front row seat to the best show on earth mm-hmm. and that's real life are, are you seeing uh or is there home in, a lot of home invasions in bakersfield uh, they don't happen too often yeah. uh, like a true home invasion uh, which means like they come in and take over and correct like that's usually a, ho- a home invasion would be where uh somebody's at the house but then you have the true like um with force yeah uh so you got a burglary where people go or might be sleeping and uh, it's considered a home invasion, but they're not really confronting the, where that, where I see it as a true home invasion is where they're uh, doing a takeover pistol whip or pointing guns and, or knives or whatever it might be. Um, But you do, we have had several where people get broken into during the night and they're asleep and, they take a few things or they take things and they take off. Yeah. Um, but then you have those uh, true home invasions where uh, we've had several of those. Break um, down the door and yeah. get in there. Yeah. So we have, uh, so several years back, I was in the gang unit. Uh, I did five years in the gang unit. Um, and that one was terrible. Uh, that was that was a true uh, takeover home invasion. Um, by the gangs? By the gangs, yeah. Uh, it was uh, black gangs. <laughs> Um, and crazy, the guy that, uh, one of the guys that did that and that actually ultimately pulled the trigger, um, and shot this old lady, it was an old, uh, older lady in her like late eighties. Um, her son had a safe in the house. Mm. So I think it turned out somehow like one of the caretakers, uh, was linked to this gang and mm. said, Hey, there's a safe at this house. And, um, yeah. uh, brought these guys there obviously at night and um she had her son's safe it wasn't her safe it was her her son's uh safe they break in and they pretty much beat her uh Mm. this old lady um into try to giving giving up the the safe uh the same combo doesn't know it so they end up shooting her in the leg still doesn't give it because she doesn't know it i mean how how else can she give it up so they end up uh, stealing the this whole safe. Um, they leave her for dead. Um, <coughs> and she's there uh, probably like 12, 15 hours until she... I, th- I could be wrong on the exact detail, but I think she um, ends up remembering she has one of those life alert, and she yeah. presses it. And, oh, nice. Um, the uh, EMS shows up and police, and that's how they find her in the hallway and pull yeah. of blood. And um, We ended up finding out the guy, who he was and everything. He went to jail. Yeah. Um, he's going to probably be there for the rest of his life. But, um, I mean, just stuff like that where, um, it does happen. That was all over the news. That was several years back. Um, but, uh, the, that guy that did that home invasion, uh, when I was in the, uh, gang, you know, even when that happened, I was in the gang, unit. but, um, we almost got into shooting with that guy, uh, where me and my partner, um, were patrolling the area, um, and, we see them, they see us, and uh, we pretty much get trained into 
when you when you get scared, that's when you stop. Uh, find a reason to stop some of these guys, and um, it's just a lot of the nonverbal stuff that goes on. Um, so, anyways, we flip around, and um, it's about to get dark. Pull him over, and um, he ended up having a gun on him that day with some uh, uh, another gangster. It was two of them. They were in the back seat, and there was two females in the front, and we ended up pulling him over. Um, and you're with us, somebody? Yeah, it was my partner. Oh, okay. So usually gang unit is running two-man units. Yeah. Um, so we pull him over, and we see the rear passenger side door pops open. He's like, oh, he's going to run, he's going to run. And I'm telling my partner, and he's already has his door popped open, and I'm driver. Um, so he, they kind of slow roll it, and we're near a park. And he's going to run, he's going to run. So my uh, partner jumps out, and he runs up over um, to him. And then throw my car in park, then they stop, and I run up on my side. But for whatever reason, everybody's focused on my side. So I'm doing all the commands, <clears throat> and I'm already up on the car. They're all um, now looking at my partner, and I'm up on the driver's side, and I'm shining my light, and um, they're probably overwhelmed with the lights and freaking out and whatnot. And I look at the front, so I see two females, and they don't. I don't, I don't feel... Um, much of a like threat yeah and as i'm shining my light i look at the uh the back and my eyes just goes directly to guys he's uh on his uh, left hands going down below his uh his thigh and i see uh the, the grip of a pistol no way yeah and so like immediately i'm like gun and because he's he's going he's looking at my partner he's like no no I'm, i got my hands up over here and with his other hand he's going down to uh, uh, probably gnarly um and i just yell out gun and i draw my gun and point in at him and get your hands up and everybody gets their hands up and don't move and uh, i was like you will get you will get shot and i was pretty close to shooting him and uh luckily he threw his hands up all of them did and um, more units get there because usually with the gang unit it's saturate areas yeah um where we know they're hanging out and whatnot and so within maybe a minute or so uh we had another four or five guys so we pull them all out and yeah sure as sure as hell there's loaded pistol stolen and everything but um was he a felon as well uh, yeah so, so he, so he was a regular for us so uh, he's gone for a while for uh, well this this happened uh, a few months before that home invasion robbery oh um wow yeah and it's huh. just um, <laughs> just crazy, um, just crazy stuff where it's like, it's a lot of, uh, the same people, yeah. um, that how, they do these things. How many, you know, what, what a lot of people don't know, including myself until, you know, I, I moved to, to, uh, Kernville from Ventura. I didn't realize how ginormous Bakersfield is and, uh, and how many people are there? Like 400,000 well, or something? Well, when you look at it as like city, as yeah. a city itself, uh, yeah. I believe it's somewhere in the five. 600,000 but when you when you put like the excuse me um yeah when you put the county like unincorporated areas yeah yeah as bakersfield as a whole yeah um you're pushing like a million people really um it's crazy man. yeah and that's not including like arvin uh shafter and really? stuff like that wow um so i mean uh bakersfield has really grown significantly where i mean i'm sure you're uh You've seen it now. I mean, so it, from the mouth of the canyon yeah. to the southwest of Bakersfield, it's going to take you nearly an hour to get there. Yeah, that's crazy. That's um, what a lot of people don't realize how big it is. You yeah. Know? 
And so with, with me saying that, I mean, there, you're probably an expert on this. And so how many gangs are there total? Do you think like in Bakersfield? I mean, is there, so, uh, is there sections where they're at and then little sub sec, so, sub gangs? Yeah. You have yeah. your traditional boundaries for the gangs. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have your non-traditional areas, like what you would call like a common areas, which you start getting to the like west side of town where you have like large complex, like apartment complex areas. Uh-huh. Um, one of those like uh, Stein and uh, New Stein and Bell Terrace, there's a really large area of apartment complexes there. So you'll start, you'll get people from different gangs um, that just live there. I mean, they're at the end of the day, they're just people like everyone else. Um, okay. So they have to live somewhere. Um, and sometimes they don't live within the, what you would call the traditional boundaries of uh, their gangs. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it just depends. I mean, like with the, the black gangs, there's black gangs, there's uh, Asian gangs, there's white gangs, Hispanic gangs. Um, and then you got your hybrid gangs and stuff like that, where um, you, and you got like little crews, uh, what they call them, tag bangers and stuff like that, or burglar crews, uh, robbery crews and stuff like that. That are all associated with those bigger gangs? Or Sometimes. They, okay. Um, and the way, I mean, usually when it comes to like gang stuff, um, again, going, depending on, uh, a lot of it depends on race mm-hmm. um, when it comes to gangs. So you have like the Hispanic gangs. So a lot of people don't know Delano is actually the dividing line between uh, the the north and the south, or the southerners and northerners. Is that uh, right? Yeah, so it'd okay. be the where you would see the the Norteños and the Sureños. Basically, ah. Delano is that dividing line for really? California. Okay. Um, so oh. um, there are exceptions, um, like everything. So you do find Norteños in Bakersfield. You will find them. Um, just like you'll find Sudanios north of Delano. However, the traditional uh, boundaries is that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the easiest way to explain it is all Sudan, like all the his ninety percent of the Hispanic gangs are going to in Bakersfield are Sudanios. So you have it's like a hierarchy, or like an umbrella. So the Sudanio membership uh, is an umbrella that covers. Uh, these gangs, like, so in Bakersfield, you have, like, the Barrio Bakers, the Colonia Bakers, uh, the West Side Bakers, East Side Bakers, the East Bakers, um, Oki Bakers, um, and then you got, like, just these random little... What are, what are the Oki Bakers? So the Oki Bakers, um, their boundaries is, is one of the smaller ones, but they're, uh, they're pretty violent uh, uh-huh. when they do pop up and start doing stuff, but their traditional boundaries are... Like south of uh, Cottonwood, uh, okay. south of uh, the 58, okay. and that little uh, county pocket there, which is now city. Okay. Um, that whole oh. area right there's like their traditional boundaries. So like any time you see like um o, what is it? Okay, no, is it O, B K S? Yeah, uh-huh. O B K S is Oki Bakers. Okay. So when you see like tattoos or tagging, uh-huh. um, you'll uh, just on my way here, uh, I was yeah. jumping up on the freeway, uh, right there at, uh, <clears throat> what is it? Chester uh-huh. and, um, the 58 area, uh, the 58 sign right below it says VBKS. <coughs> um, that's the Vario Bakers. Um, and then the Vario Bakers is like, um, you can consider it from like a H 
all the way to the railroad tracks uh, off of MLK. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything past those railroad tracks uh, east, north of Brundage, uh, is where the Colonia starts, the Colonia Bakers. I don't know if you ever heard of the uh, Colonia restaurant. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's still open. I haven't been by there in a while, but um, that's part of the Colonia. But the Colonia is probably the biggest one just because of uh, it's like in the county area. Uh-huh. So um, even within the gangs, you have subsets. So it's just a bunch of clicks and subsets of subsets. And, yeah, I was going to say. Um, so when you see like uh, the Mexican um, or when you hear the M, the Mexican mafia and stuff like that, that's like more more of a prison gang. But it's still the ultimate like uh, it's at the top of the pyramid type of thing. And then it goes to the Sudanios. And then the, from the Sudanios, you have all these street gangs. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting stuff, man. Yeah, it, it gets it really interesting of like it's basically just this big criminal organization um, yeah. that has some structure to it. I mean, same thing with, uh, the, the Norteños, they got some, uh, so with the, uh, the, the Sureños and all that, you got the, the MA or the Mexican mafia. And then with the Norteños, you got the, the NF, the Nuestra Familia. Mm-hmm. Um, our family is what it translates to. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have also with the Sureños, the, the numbers. So you see the Campbell, which is the, um, Aztec, uh, numbering. You got the, uh, one line I believe is uh, five. Each line is five, and then the dots are ones. So with the uh, Sudanios, all the Sudanio gangs are going to, when you see 13, it's basically paying homage to the Mexican mafia, the M. Oh. The M. So it's the 13th letter in the alphabet. Okay. And with the Norteños, when you see, you see 14, or oh. the Campbell with four dots. Um, the Mexican mafia or the Sudanios, you see the, oh. the, the Campbell with the three dots. So it's uh, like two lines, and then you got three dots like that i thought um for some reason i always thought the 13 had to do with like the 805 or something uh-uh. you know <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll, I just, for some reason i just thought that but i i, I know i see it all over the place right you know? so i, never I remember growing up i'd see uh, i'd see gangster babe but like you didn't you don't know I mean, yeah, you're naive yeah. to it totally um you see like the three dots on them uh-huh um and it's like, oh, what does that mean? And like, oh, that means my crazy life. And it's like, that does not mean that. That's, <laughs> that's literally linked to yeah. uh, gangs. And it's Sudanios, which is the, the three, yeah. um, which would be the 13, essentially. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And then um, each gang has their, um, you start seeing hats, uh, where traditionally it's like a baseball team or a football team, you know, the baseball hats. Um, so in, when you go to Bakersfield, there's no Kansas City Royals or the Kansas City um, right uh, yeah. team. It's Kern County. So it's not the, oh, can I get the, the Kansas City hat? No, it's can I get the Kern County hat? Because <laughs> um, that's what, to the locals in, in Bakersfield, Kern County, that's what that hat stands for. It's Kern County. No way. Um, but then you start looking at like the, uh, the Washington Nationals. Uh, you'll start seeing Westside Bakers. Oh. Wearing that, or also Westside Crips, uh-huh. uh, wearing that, um, <laughs> and then like the uh, they adopt just these crazy things. Like uh, uh-huh. I've seen some with uh, the Superman sign, Southside uh-huh. Bakers. Uh-huh. They'll be rocking the Superman sign, but then you got uh, rival gangs that like are Eastside Bakers. 
oh, I like that idea. Instead of an S, I'm going to put an E. So it's a Superman sign, but it has an E in it. Um, in both uh, black and Hispanics, I've seen it in. Um, and then there was also, um, in the West Side uh, Crips, there was a, a guy that was killed, um, a Muslim guy who was part of that gang, um, was killed by a rival guy, and uh, they used the New York Yankees um, hat. Okay. For him, because uh, I won't say his name, but it's his uh, moniker started with a Y, and the, it was a two-word name. So it's Y and N, um, and uh, that's what they use nowadays. So, like, you look at it, and it's like, to anybody, any normal person, it's yeah. New York Yankees. But when you're in a certain place of town, okay, and you're hanging around a certain uh, people, yeah, it doesn't stand for that. It stands for something else. Well, I know that um, from talking to other <laughs> cops that uh, the gangs end up giving some of the cops nicknames. Is that is that right? They give us nicknames, yeah. <laughs> um, and you start learning some of them, uh -huh. um, and um, or they know you. They just yeah. call you by your last name, uh -huh. um, and some of them you end up being. I mean, you're cordial with, and then yeah. there's some guys that they you they just don't like you, and you don't yeah. like them, or yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's just all kinds of just bizarre yeah, yeah. stuff that goes not, on. Yeah, yeah, it's just not your normal. Yeah. Um, everyday life like you're like what no way that would never happen here it's like yeah that, that guy right there he's a gangster yeah um what a trip i wanted to tell you a story yeah. um you know so uh i went to the the bakersfield mall oh and uh, so i i needed to get a uh power cord for my phone and so i went into the apple store but i it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and I parked my car right outside the uh, the doors there, and I was pretty close to the to the uh, the doors. But I was actually, you know, parked away from the the other cars and stuff, but not too far away. And then I uh, I walked into the Apple Store at ten at ten in the morning when they open. Went in there, purchased my charger, and then I don't know, maybe maybe fifteen twenty minutes at the most. And then I come out and I get into my truck and my truck sounds like a, a monster truck. <laughs> and like uh, I'm, like, well, I'm like, oh my God. And I, so I got out of my truck and my truck kind of lifted, you know, so I'm sure it was really easy for them. And I looked under there and the catalytic converter had been uh, taken Chopped out. Of, off. Yeah. So then I'm like, you know, driving around, everybody's looking at me and I call up my, uh, my friend George Claru at Claru Tire and I say, Hey George, I need to I need a new catalytic converter. Where do I go? And he's like, I'll go to this such and such uh, muffler shop, you know. And so I go there, and uh, I pull up, and I I go inside, and there's a line of people that have had their catalytic converters stolen as well. And I'm, I couldn't believe it. I was like, Oh my god! Well, for one, the the guy at the muffler shop is making a killing. Uh, I'm sure that the person who is buying the catalytic converters and then reselling them is making a killing. And then the guys that are stealing the catalytic converters, because I didn't know anything about catalytic converters until I got mine stolen. And then I, of course, you know, did the research and it, it literally takes them like maybe like three minutes or less mm -hmm. to take your catalytic converter. 
And so I was like, oh my God. And so then I, I did more research and then some catalytic converters are worth more money because they have certain metals in them and that sort of thing. Um, but now I have a, a plate underneath there, you know, where they can't saw it off or whatever, but. Or at least are, makes it harder. Harder, yes. So uh, are you guys, are you guys seeing a lot of that in oh, Bakersfield? Yeah, Is it that pretty it, common? It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it, it's everywhere. And the thing, um, when, when it comes to like catalytic converter thefts and just thefts in general and crime in general, uh, a lot of that goes back to what I think it was like 2014, 2015, um, somewhere around there when uh, like Prop uh, 47 went through and like AB 109 started coming through. Um, basically, the, the, the higher ups of the, the state and whatnot, and um, it was also voted into it. So um, I guess that's what was voted in. But it's just you're talking about the 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 laws that make it easier on criminals? Yeah, so yeah. They, they sell it as a um, nonviolent offenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ultimately, that's where a lot of this is, is stemming from. Um, that and drug use. Meth, uh, yeah. uh, methamphetamine is hell of a drug. Um, yeah. And that and now fentanyl. Right. Um, it just, what it creates is, is sad and just unbelievable too um a lot of times they uh, some of the people that are stuck in 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 this realm of uh drug use um everything goes out like morality um right and wrong like yeah there's like nothing safe right um not even their mom or grandma nothing um if they could steal from them they will steal just to get more yeah. Um, and ultimately the, the ones that are on the ground doing these things are, uh, tweakers. Yeah. I mean, they're the ones doing the, the stealing. They're not the ones making the killing cause they're just trying to get another buck to buy some more meth or fentanyl. Right. Um, or pay for their hotel room for the next night. Um, yeah. you go to any of the motels, if you're ever bored and you just want to see some just crazy, just another <laughs> world. Go to any of the crappy motels in, in town, um, anywhere on the Oak uh, Corridor, Union Corridor, and just sit there. Crazy. And just watch. Just put, yeah. Turn off your car and just watch. And you'll be like, what the heck? Oh, really? Um, it's like Twilight Zone. Yeah. But anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, I could go on so many tangents uh, yeah, yeah, with yeah, all yeah. these uh, things, but... Um, that's like the the street level. So you got um, it's not nobody special doing uh, the thefts. It's just uh, the next bite of food or the next bite of drugs um, that they're trying to get in these people. So uh, where it all starts is um, where where do they get the tools? Well, I'll tell you. Go sit at the parking lot, Home Depot, and Lowe's, and you'll see people stealing left and right all day long. Um, really, they if they're in jail and they get out and that's what they're going to do, um, he, she, you'll see it all. They're going to go to the store and they're going to steal it. First thing they do. And security can't stop them anymore. Um, I've seen some change in the last like year where it's starting to kind of change because there's so much loss happening, um, that the stores have no other option, but either sink or swim. So they're going to have to protect their, yeah their merchandise because they just let it go. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, they'll go steal a sawzall. They'll go in. Um, I actually went with a nephew of mine to Home Depot just a few weeks ago. We literally had just got off 
the truck and it was like I, I saw them I just felt it it's like how much do you want to bet those guys are going in to steal no way it's like let's watch. let's go watch them <laughs> so we start following them uh. And they beelined it straight to the tool section and freaking sure shit. Start loading up their, no way. Um, their bags and they got some tools and beelined it out. And no one stopped them. Um, I actually, I was like, hey, let's go tell the uh, security. Uh, or we told one of the store members and security started following them, but they had already stuffed their bags and they took off. Yeah. Um, but it happens all the time. I'm sure uh, some of the people listening um, have seen it at some point. For sure. But uh, that's where it starts. And, um, all they need is a sawzall, really. That's um, it. It's so simple. Yeah, yeah. sawzall and a three dollar blade, <laughs> and a couple of minutes. Yeah, and they'll they'll go on their meth binges at night, and they'll hit twenty thirty cars, and it's like that. Yeah. Um, and then you got some violent ones that's happened where yeah. people come and confront them, and they get shot or they get shot at. Um, yeah. Uh, but there's like so much of just everything that just lawlessness that's going on. Um, morality, uh, yeah. right and wrong is just gone. Like yeah. it's crazy. It's sad. I see it, uh, on TV as well. These like gangs going in and just ripping off full stores and just somebody's going to get out of there, you know, with, with a full of full hands of uh, clothes or whatever it is. But it seems like it's just getting worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, in the last 10 years, that you've been a policeman, have you seen it gotten worse, do you think? or is It's it gotten kind of, worse. So it, worse. it all started, uh, in, at least like, because you go to some of these other states and it's happening in some of these other states, but, yeah. and you go to some other ones and you don't see that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And well, with California, it's kind of the leader in um, just being different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll say that. Uh, but with like going back to Prop 47, AB 109, uh, we mentioned, uh, we were talking about that a while back, but, yeah. uh, basically I'll give you the same analogy I, I gave you the other day, but I go in, um, I'm a bad guy or I'm a gangster or whatever it may be, or even regular Joe Blow that, um, is, uh, has a, a drug issue, yeah. hypothetically speaking. Right. And I have a gun and you confront me. I shoot you. You don't die. However, in the eyes of the law, that's assault with a deadly weapon, um, attempt murder. You yeah. could take somebody to jail for attempt murder and yeah. assault with a deadly weapon. And if you're already a convicted felon, you could take them for a slew of gun charges, all kinds of felonies, sure. right? So I take, uh, police comes, they take me to jail for uh, the slew of it all. Attempt mm-hmm. murder, assault with a deadly weapon, um, felon possession of firearm, felon possession of ammunition, um, possession of a ghost gun or, uh, or maybe it was a stolen gun. So, and I, um, took the serial number off. I did all of that. Fast forward a little bit. I go to jail and I bail out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my hearing, whatever, and I'm going through the process. And now that, uh, DA is, uh, having 10 other cases this week of the same thing with 10 other guys. Um, or gals or whatever it may be. And I'm overwhelmed or that DA is overwhelmed and says, okay, well, I'm going to offer you, you take the plea deal. I I was in jail for, let's say a couple months. And then I was able to bail out because some family or somebody was able to help me out. And I was already in jail for two months and they offer me, um, possession of a stolen firearm, uh, misdemeanor 
because the gun was under uh, $950, so that makes it a misdemeanor. Anything over $950 hmm. is considered grand theft or possession of stolen property, which would make it a felony. Hmm. Um, so anything over 900 is a felony. Anything under that is a misdemeanor. So hmm. all these thefts that are happening in Walmart and all that, as long as they keep it under 950 it's a misdemeanor. So whoa, you can go and do even, that. Even if it's a felon? Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of these thefts, I mean, it's considered petty theft. Yeah. Uh, when you think petty theft, what do you steal? A candy bar? It's like, no, you could go steal a TV and still be petty theft. Damn. Um, so uh, it used to be $450, but then with inflation and everything else, they bumped it up to 950 So pre like 2015, because I think that's when a lot of the um, things changed. Um, and as time went on, more things started getting implemented. When I first started, if we saw or if we came across somebody who was in possession of 0.1 gram, 0.01 of a gram, which is like tiny little uh, piece of meth, we could take him for a felony. Yeah. Um, and if they, the DA offered him a year, I'll, I'll take it because if not, it's two years. So I'll take it. So... All of that, normal. Uh, normally, a lot of these uh, your common people that were stealing, breaking into houses, breaking into stores, uh, stealing from stores um, to keep up with their drug addiction, were in jail, um, or they were revolving jail, getting clean, coming out, and then falling off the wagon again, and then doing it again, and then going back to jail. So it's kind of like more people in jail, yes, mm -hmm. um, but that was where. The catalyst was where normally you wouldn't see it or you wouldn't see all the transients that you would see now on the streets or all the crazies just walking around just punching the air um you wouldn't see that uh, just even a few years ago uh, because those people were in jail mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that and some more potent uh, drugs that just fry brains but um now they're out and they're not being taken to jail. And, and then also it, it got even worse, uh, COVID and post COVID. Yeah. Um, and the jails couldn't keep up with it. And they, they said it was to a point where you literally needed to shoot somebody to go to jail, to go to jail. Like a lot of stuff, uh, we could, we could not take people to jail, uh, during COVID or post COVID for a while. Um, for almost nothing. We were just citing people out and like, what the heck? How are we citing them out on this? Wow. It's like, we just, we can't take them. Sorry. What a trip. And so we were just giving people tickets and, wow. or a uh, promise to appear to court. And you run across people that have 15, 20, 30, uh, warrants. Yeah. Bench warrants. And most of them turn into misdemeanors. Trip out. So anyways, going back to that, you have a lot of violent people who are out in the streets and going back, sorry, I keep going off on tangents, but okay. um, they offer me a plea deal of the misdemeanor. And so I take the plea deal with time served. So on paper, I'm, I was only arrested or I went to jail for possession of stolen property. Not even possession of a stolen firearm or possession of a firearm or uh, carrying a concealed firearm or anything like that. It's just possession of stolen property. Or it might have even been um, concealing a, a weapon in public, which is still a misdemeanor anyways. So how does... How so do me shooting you 
yeah. or uh, me almost killing you or trying to kill you. Um, none of that is uh, on paper, uh, like the true reality of what happened. Mm-hmm. What's on paper is just possession of stolen property. So then when you look at when you have to see these politicians, no, we're only allowing people who are nonviolent offenders to leave. Like this guy was convicted of a stolen property. Yeah. But in real, like, well, look into the case. What yeah. actually happened in this case? Oh, well, he went on a pursuit. He robbed a guy. He pistol whipped this guy, uh, yeah. carjacked this guy, and finally crashed. And then he was taken to jail, but he had some stolen stuff. So we offered him a deal. And that's what he got. So um, on paper, all these violent offenders uh, are nonviolent. Are, are you guys finding that the jails are like way too full? Is it, are they like in there like then maybe that's kind of like what's going on? They're just like, oh, we can't. It's not go. necessarily that they're full. Uh-huh. Uh, there's not enough people to maintain. Uh, okay. Um, there's a lot less like, uh, for example, here in, um, in Kern County, you have your county jails and then you have your state jails and mm-hmm. then your federal prisons and stuff like that. Yeah. So it just depends. I mean, most of the time you're going to be, uh, if, if you get convicted of a federal crime, you're more than likely going to go to a federal prison. Which is a whole different ball game. Yeah. Um, if you go anything like state, which is most of the stuff that you get um, taken into, you might go to county jail, yeah. depending on the crime that you do. So you could go to Laredo, which is right off the Laredo Highway, um, and you could, could be there, or you could go to Corcoran, or mm-hmm. um, it just depends on the severity of the crime and where you go and what you're getting convicted of. So, um, there's not county jail wise, uh, like a lot of these like meth users that like if we would pop them for uh, possession of meth and they'd go for a felony, they'd more than likely they're going to county jail. Yeah. A year or two years. Um, they're going for more time they're, That's usually when they transfer them over to like, uh, the state jails and stuff like that. Um, but, and then you also have the juveniles and that's a whole nother thing yeah. that's changed dramatically. Really? Um, even more uh, in the last few years too, where um, if they're a juvenile, um, we can't even talk to them a a lot of times. And so these gangs catch on to all these things. Uh. And we've listened to, uh, we've done like wires, wiretaps on gangs and stuff like that. And um, you hear them and they talk about it. Um, And then like, uh, it's just insane. Like where you have even um, women, older women or just that are part of the gang or they they're in that life where face value they're like just a normal person and they hate the police and they're um out in public they're shaming the police they're doing this they're doing that the police did this to my son but then behind closed doors um they're part of the criminal enterprise yeah yeah uh they're moving guns they're moving dope they're moving uh. um all that um, out. because they know that we normally deal with the men or the gangs and stuff like that. And so they use uh, a lot of the older women or women to help, um, along. Are you, are you guys seeing, well, how's the morale like of you guys? And, and, uh, another question to that is, are you guys seeing more police officers signing up or less? Ooh, that's a, that's a multi- yeah, yeah. Faceted one. Um, <laughs> you have your chargers, but at the same, like hard chargers who like to do police work. Yeah, yeah. But 
oftentimes you go too hard or you try too hard and you end up getting in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for trying too just hard. to do your job and, yeah. and go after bad guys. Cause yeah. I mean, you go after enough bad guys, you're going to get into something. Yeah. Um, and people don't like us. Um, yeah. there's people that don't like us and, um, they unfortunately take other people's uh, word for as gospel and um, oftentimes it's not the case. Sure. Um, and so morale has gotten lower. Um, recruiting has gotten tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually had, uh, collectively, uh, it has gotten where we found that uh, these younger generations, I'm pretty young myself, but uh, younger generations, even more than uh, myself, uh, aren't as uh, physically inclined as uh, previous generations. Uh, I'm also part of the range cadre, so like we start trying to like when we're doing uh, range stuff, we start trying to talk about like postures and stuff like that, and you're trying to find a common ground so they can. Um, find like an idea on how to like say for example posture you ask them look well have you ever been on a skateboard you like you know how you stand on a skateboard try to do something like that you know how you kind of lean forward on a skateboard um like when you're shooting shotgun and stuff like that mm-hmm. oh yeah i i can uh, i can see that sure and so they fix their posture or like well, what about boxing have you ever boxed no okay um snowboard no surfed no uh have you ever been like running? No. <laughs> what? I play video games. <coughs> right. And then you're just like, oh, all right, well, you lost me. So yeah. Um, you kind of just revert to something as simple as like, you just push them. Yeah. And okay. See how you just stopped yourself now that I pushed you or how you got, that's mm-hmm. how we start. Interesting. Gotta, um, start finding stuff like that. But anyways, um, that has uh, become tougher with the uh, physical side where people we're having a lot more trouble getting people to pass the physical side um, of the academy. Um, and also what society has uh, created in the last few years, especially like 2020 with the riots, hell of a year mm-hmm. uh, for police. Mm-hmm. It sucks that poor decision-making by some uh, officers mm-hmm. is all of us. Right. Um, the actions of one yeah. Um, unfortunately it's all yeah. of us. Uh, so, um, it, it sucks and, yeah. um, it, it's, it's been a detriment for us, uh, in that aspect because there's people that want, would want to be cops, uh, men and women, and sure. they're scared yeah. because of the climate. Um, like I don't want to go out there and yeah. say something or do something wrong. Um, yeah. and then get indicted for something for doing my job. Yeah. Um, and scary. It, it's scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, 2020 was, uh, crazy. Yeah, it was, it was crazy with the riots. Um, we had, we had a little bit of rioting happening, um, in yeah. Bakersfield. Uh-huh. Um, thank God it wasn't anything like LA. Yeah. Um, but we had it. Um, I was saying deaf, uh, that's where, uh, deafness. So with me, uh, needing, yeah the uh volume a little bit higher uh that's kind of where it started uh happened so um uh, i'm going on pushing five years on the SWAT team and so um 
during the riots, uh, we were we were kind of like on the front lines, but behind the the main line, and we were uh, basically their overwatch, making sure um, everything was like going smooth uh, as it could go, I guess. Yeah. Um, we were allowing them to protest, uh, the protesters and everything. But then there's a catalyst. Uh, there's a, there's truly people that were being sent from other places um, as instigators um, <laughs> to get the people riled up and get them violent and get them to start doing really? more. Um, it, it's uh, that's like a whole nother craziness. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. uh, they started getting violent one of those nights. Um, I think it might have been like the second night. Uh, of the riots that like where it started getting crazy and at one point of the night we're like right there on Truxton and uh, Chester there's actually uh, a video excuse me uh, on uh, YouTube from the news um, that they play it um, it was I think it starts with like it was the night that changed it all or something like that but it, it, it shows what happened um, we're in the front line and they start throwing rocks like golf ball plus like softball sized uh and you're in the front line and we're in the front lines yeah and so they start chucking it at us and um we still haven't done anything we're just holding the line we're not um you guys getting hit by those things uh we had some of the guys had shields so um a few guys did get hit with the rocks um and uh prior to that the line was or the skirmish line for us was at I Street in Truxton, and wow. the the protesters were right across the street, same intersection, but we were on one side of the street, and they were on the other side of the street, mm-hmm. and so we had the whole intersection that was empty. So, what what, what fueled this protest? I can't remember. Uh, the that was uh, Floyd. Floyd, okay, um, got it. Um, that yeah, yeah, that was uh, what fueled uh, that in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. It started with somebody chucking uh, those uh, mortars, those fireworks, those aerial fireworks. Chucked it right in the middle of the uh, intersection. Just the whole intersection just blew up. Whoa! Um, we're like, what the heck? They're starting to throw freaking bombs essentially at us. That's scary, man. <clears throat> yeah, That's and so we're in our full squad getup, but um, all we have uh, is uh, some of the guys have shields, uh, just plastic regular shields, like no ballistic or anything. And, uh, but we have our ballistic helmets and, um, eye protection, ear protection. And then the riot guys had their, their riot control stuff. So fast forward, we, uh, the, the riot guys pushed the, their, the protest line to, uh, Chester on, uh, Truxton. And when we were there, uh, they start, that's when they start throwing the rocks. And then next thing, uh, you know, uh, you see a freaking, it's like a grenade just going in the air. It's like almost like out of a movie. It's like slow motion. And I remember just looking at it and I see the fuse burning. And I'm just looking at it and it's probably like 10 feet above me. And I'm like about to yell like bomb. And because you're trying to process it all and you got people freaking everywhere and um, just crazy, and I mean, you're scared. I mean, it's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, that was a scary time um, being on that. So, front so what line. happened with that thing? It blow up. So yeah, <laughs> it ended up falling, and um, it landed like from here to there, which is like ten feet from me. Uh-huh. 
and uh, I had like ear protection similar to what we're wearing right now, um, and I had them unplugged. Um, I had them like uh, they have like the like an open position, so there's uh-huh. something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh no! And so I turn around, and as I'm like turning around, freaking thing goes off, and that thing was like, I mean, it's those aerial ones. I mean, they shoot out like I don't know, fifty, sixty feet out or more. Uh, with the explosion, it, it, you know, like those big, like the big, big aerial yeah. fireworks. Yeah, it was one of those. Okay, but damn. Um, usually, the, when they launch them, well, they put them in the tubes and they yeah. launch up. And yeah. what they did was instead of that, lit it and chucked it oh, at us. So it went off and just big ass explosion goes off right there. And it's like sending more stuff out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. it has like the the more fire everywhere yeah. and everything, yeah. and like so you kind of it's like a shock you just got blown up basically and yeah. i'm like what the heck just happened and like you go into like fight or flight mode and um and that's when like we everybody in the line like all right screw it we're pushing these guys out and that's when um that kicked off the unlawful assembly um it was no longer a protest it was an unlawful assembly and that's when we started um grabbing people yeah um and we started pushing people back and um, if you're still there, if you're, if we grab you, you're going to jail. And that's when it kind of like their lines broke and a lot of people ran, but they were still chucking stuff at like rocks and whatnot. Right. And, yeah. And then we started pushing them back. And so, um, the people we grabbed hook them up and they were going to jail. And then we started pushing them and we start kind of, um, getting our, uh, our lines back in order, um, and all the SWAT guys, uh, we kind of went into the shadows because they were still there chucking stuff at us. And we were along the uh, the courthouse um, on the south side of the road. And we basically made an L shape um, on the protesters and said, if uh, the ones that still hadn't ran or hadn't gotten arrested, uh, you're going to go to jail now. So then that's when we went on the offensive mode. And uh, we came out of the shadows and started getting people and um, chasing others. And we got a few of the ones that were throwing the rocks because uh, we could clearly see them chucking the rocks. Oh, cool. And uh, we chased them all over downtown. And, like, it was like <coughs> it, it turned into, like, Leroy Jenkins just really go and grab you got, was somebody. Your, was your adrenaline just, like, off oh, the it hook? Oh, was off the hook on that one. Um, I mean, you it, can't, you can't, it, you, it was like you're scared. And you're pissed at the same time. Yeah, like, yeah. You're like, what the heck? Like, uh, yeah. I didn't do anything to you. So, that's that's one of my questions too. I've always I've, I've talked to other people about that, and I and I've experienced it as well. But like when your like adrenaline is so high, it's almost like you don't feel anything, and you see like red, and it's like, you know, and like for police officers, it must be like, you know, like you're running after these guys or. Um, you're going down, you're on a high speed chase and you know, the guy's not pulling over and he just hit another person or whatever. And you're, you're like totally like pissed, but also in, in mad and angry and you're trying to get this guy. And it's like, how do you not like haul off and like, you know, work this guy over? You know what I mean? It's cause it, it, the adrenaline is so there. It's like, how do you control that? I mean, a lot of them don't. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, and unfortunately, like, uh, yeah. we're, all, we're all just human as well. Totally, um, yeah. Uh, I, I've been, I guess, depending on how you want to see it, mm-hmm. fortunate or unfortunate, uh, 
to have been exposed to a lot of uh, high stress situations, um, like crazy, just yeah. adrenaline dumps, like, like being the gang unit where people yeah. would ask me like, what's the craziest thing you've seen? Yeah. It's like this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, like it, it, it's to the point where I lost track of yeah. what like, it just yeah. happens so much at a, in a frequent place like Bakersfield, like, when they say, who's been here, we go to training classes. Who here has been in, in a shooting or in a foot pursuit or in a car pursuit? And then there's a few guys from Bakersfield and like, oh, we've all been in vehicle pursuits. We were just, before we got here. You guys are in it. Man. Yeah, we're like, we just hit a search warrant yesterday. <laughs> or like this or that. We just knocked down this door and it's just like, yeah. um, it's, a, it's something that it's just so, for a lot, not everybody. Right. But for certain people, it's like, yeah. It happens a lot and yeah. you just get used to it. Yeah. And a lot of it is just another day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like being in the gang unit and stuff like that, we were, it was literally every day, your foot chase, uh, yeah. search warrants, knocking down doors, foot pursuits, vehicle yeah. pursuits, um, shootings, murders, stabbings, all kinds of stuff. And you're just, not just another day. And you kind of get used to it. Do the, day, do the days go by fast for you? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, yeah, doing all um, that stuff, huh? Yeah, um, yeah. where during the day, like in the gang, unit, you have to go do gang experts. So um, you're going to court and you're testifying as a gang expert, mm-hmm. and then five o'clock comes along, court's done, but now you got to go do your gang stuff. Yeah, on the streets, and now jock up and get your patrol uniform on, and now you're gang officer hitting the streets, and so you're going and responding to shootings, murders, uh, stabbings robberies uh, all that type of stuff and you're doing that Um, and even patrolmen too sometimes like they'll go to court all day and then right after court you're going all this crazy thing or um or you're uh training and you're doing this and then you go to court and then you go as soon as you leave court you get in a vehicle pursuit or Mm -hmm. it's just there's a lot of uh up and down and um not all the time um but um, a lot of it is you just get used to it. You There's, get used to it, and you learn to control your um, your emotions a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And for me personally, if if I the way I see it is, if I get mad, I lost. Especially with uh, a lot of the people you come across, that's what their goal is just to piss you off, and it brings uh, warm and fuzzy to me mm-hmm. when I don't allow that to happen and they get mad that I can't get mad. And so then I'm like, ha, I won. Oh, nice. Um, when you just don't let them get to you. Cause there's, there's dudes that like, that's, they'll be talking all this smack Yeah. and you just don't, you just treat them with some uh, decency. And then after they're done, she'll be like, ah, oh, man, I was an asshole. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, you do get apologies cool. after. And you guys, like some of the things that you guys see, you know, like we don't see, you know, like you guys basically see more of the filth of the earth, yeah, you know, of humans. And, and so there, there must be like, you know, some kind of like organization that, you know, how there's like, you know, like soldiers have like post-traumatic stress disorder and, and uh, firemen have, you know, that, that, that uh, friend of mine, he's got hold the line, you know, yeah. or, you know, that kind of stuff. Is there stuff for, for you guys, so, like anything like that? I was actually uh, 
years ago, I was talking to Sergio because um, yeah. I mean, bringing the fishing thing into it. Um, <coughs> yeah. That's when I started getting a lot more into fishing when I was in the gang unit because I was having issues with like this stuff you're seeing, the stress totally. that you got to deal with, yeah. and um, everything else, like yeah. the just crap you see. Um, fishing brought some peace for me. Um, nice, you know, like uh, where you, where you see. Uh, I guess what you would call the, the normal people, um, <laughs> they see it, you tell them, oh, it's the killer Kern. Yeah. Um, well, to them, yeah, it's killing people, but to me, it's killing all the bad, you know? Nice. Um, ah, it's awesome. Me I love out. it. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, it's been, for me, a lot of my ideas for my business, mm-hmm. uh, going on and doing my side hustles and everything else, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of it has stemmed out of being out just in nature on the river and just mm-hmm. having some some cleansing, you know, absolutely. Um, church, church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, sure. uh, just being out here. Yeah. Some people's like, I want to go fishing with you. I don't, <laughs> I just want to be by myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need some alone time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there isn't, and, uh, there isn't, there are some that help. Um, but, uh, when I was talking to Sergio, I was like, Hey, I had to kind of want to do something like that for cops. But, mm-hmm. um, you just get caught up with everything else and sure. then it just gets yeah. caught with everything else. And then shortly after, uh, um, hold line, I started seeing that. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. Um, but, um, I started doing my own thing with the, the Kern river leather and, yeah. um, my other side hustle with the laundromat and yeah. it's just a lot. And then being a dad and yeah, yeah. trying to be a good dad, <laughs> trying to be a good husband and, totally. uh, trying to be a family man and, trying yeah. to get some fishing in and yeah. um, try to keep it all together. And then being a full-time uh, cop with SWAT <laughs> and everything else. And uh, uh-huh. it's, it, it gets it. to be, um, gets to be a lot sometimes, but let's talk about your uh, Kern River le- leather real fast. Like, yeah. what, what is that? So Kern River leather, uh, basically uh, we specialize, uh, although we do sometimes do um, off stuff with leather, but uh, we specialize on uh, custom leather patch hats and Which also are killer and no pads. <laughs> um, which the notepad started. Oh, you're started. doing notepads too? Yeah, so oh, um, the notepad started, uh, well, the hats and patches and everything kind of started with my job because hmm. a lot of the cops like morale yeah. patches. So, okay. Um, yeah, I make these notepads right here. Um, oh, I had no idea. And uh, That's cool. normally uh, the cops, uh, they want their badge yeah. uh, on the front. And uh, so they'll they'll send me their badge and um, I get it put on the front and mm-hmm. I basically make their, this is the, the one that we call the large notepad and then the smaller one holds uh-huh. like a, more for patrolmen that are on the street. So it's like a smaller one, holds like uh-huh. a, a three by five notepad. Yeah. Um, and when I first started, I wanted to do, excuse me, uh, wallets. I wanted to do watch bands. I wanted to do keychains. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. But then I quickly realized that it's an art with it when it comes to leather work. And, um, and again, going back to having a lot on my plate, it's not enough time (laughs) to do everything. And I, I realized I had to kind of specialize a little bit more on, uh, more, uh, niche, uh, uh, items and, uh, the hats and the notepads have been, uh, the primary, uh, source for our income. Yeah. Um, and you've custom made some uh, hats for my shop. Yeah, I hope you like them. I would love them, man. And uh, with the Kern River Fly Shop logo made out of leather on killer hats, it looks amazing. And then golden uh, golden trout, yeah, uh, um, logo on on some as well. And they yeah, look and amazing. so so we focus a lot on like the um, it branches off into like a 
into a fork basically with the custom work and then we have our own uh, brand which with our own logos and a lot of it's kind of uh, i wanted to stay a little bit away from what i do for a living as far as being a cop so i, sure. I kind of wanted to do like the outdoors yeah, i've always been a outdoorsman so i've, I've always yeah. been into hunting fishing yeah. um and shooting and stuff like that but i kind of wanted to stay away from the whole uh, police realm as far as like what's on our what has my name on it with the Kern River leather. So yeah, um, we stuck with uh, the fishing and some hunting and yeah. um, outdoorsy stuff. And then um, I brought my wife into it, um, and uh, she's uh, she had like an art for uh, drawing and making stuff. And but she kind of years uh, passed and she forgot about it and put it aside. And then I started doing it, and it kind of sparked that the artsy side of her again and then um next thing you know she's surpassed me on on the leather on the leather <laughs> skills yeah so she, she makes tooled belts oh, she'll really? make uh, yeah like tooled um vans um the hey dudes uh she'll make custom tooling on those um on instagram current leather you can see some of her work Sweet. on there and she'll make full-on uh, belts uh, completely tooled um all by hand um, nice man and uh yeah so she puts in a lot of hours on some of those uh pieces but yeah uh it's uh it's been good for us and the people i've met along the way with uh with the business uh has been uh pretty awesome i've met some cool people and right. made some good friendships yeah so they can go to uh what is it kern river kern river leather.com .com, okay and, or just kern river leather on uh, instagram Nice. Um, and uh, our website, you can email us. Uh, you can shoot us a message, and um, you can buy some of our hats if you're ever interested, uh, or if you want anything uh, custom, like if you have your business, uh, yeah. we can put your Absolutely. business logo on there. If you guys uh, check them out, man, they're they're really cool. Um, the hats are beautiful. The leather works amazing. Um, I guess um, ordered a whole bunch of keychains with the Curb River Fly Shop logo on it. Look, they look amazing. Yeah, all made here. In, yeah, here in California. Well, Nestor, I, I can't believe it's already been an hour. It's yeah. crazy. But um, let's do this again. Yeah. You know, that was amazing, man. And yeah. thank you for sharing your story. And I, you know, my podcast is about people and their passions and, um, you know, their calling, basically. That's one of the reasons why I asked you, you know, when you were a little kid, if you wanted to be a cop and you said yes. And, and you became a cop and a guy on on SWAT, and it's it's pretty amazing, great story, man. And you're still hustling, doing all these other side things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's work out there if people want to work, right? Yeah, oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I always say that to people. I mean, there's so much work out there. I, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, guy, guys at work, uh, they'll, there's some guys that don't their their heart isn't in it. Yeah, because um, they'll ask me. Uh, I was off for almost a year. Um, I was actually at a rehab uh, facility for a whole year here. Luckily it was in town, so I got to go home and everything, but from a SWAT call out where we got blown up again, oh same year, God. 2020. Oh, I remember hearing that. Yeah. yeah. And so we were at a, me and a few other guys from the team were, um, it's called the center of neural skills. Cause we got uh, traumatic brain injuries out of it, um, mm. from those explosions. And, uh, yeah, that was a whole, that's a whole nother, uh, story right there. But, yeah. uh, that's what really jacked up my hearing. Oh, okay. um, so I'll have guys like, dude, why are you still here? Yeah. Um, you should have just retired. You just love it. Uh, it's not like, I'm not ready to, yeah. not ready to let it go yet. Um, I well, like what I do and, yeah. um, Keep doing I feel, it, man. yeah, I feel like, uh, I bring something to the table, uh, when it comes to police, we're being on the SWAT team and, 
I feel like you can make the difference and somebody can. Nice, man. Well, let's do this again. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, um, you guys, if you are listening, definitely check out uh, kernriverleather.com and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. It's a Guy Jeans podcast.